Today's Daily DVR Dive into True Detective finale is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR and use code DVR20 today to get 20% off your order, no minimum. That's right, no minimum. Go to Cufflinks.com. Come on, upgrade your look, upgrade your style. Put something nice on, maybe some Oxen Bulls, some Cufflinks brand. What do you got? You got a tie, Cufflinks, pocket square, bag, belt. They got all types of stuff over at Cufflinks.com. Check it out today. Cufflinks.com slash DVR. Use code DVR20. Today is Wednesday, February 27th, and this is Daily DVR Does True Detective Finale. Welcome back, everyone, to Daily DVR. We're covering True Detective Season 3, Episode 8, the finale of True Detective Season 3, entitled Now Am Found, directed by Daniel Sackheim and written by Nicky Pissolato himself. And of course, I'm here. I'm Axel. You can check us out at Daily DVR, uh, DVRpodcast.com, I should say. And on the other line here is the man himself. The guy with all the ideas, the beautiful mind, it's Heath Snowlow, the bastard podcaster. What's up, Heath? What's up, Mr. Axel Folo? It's good to be back on Daily DVR Does True Detective, yeah. and uh, I'm excited to break it down with you, getting uh, kind of gauging what's out there. People loved it. Some people hated it. Some people yeah. called it a Lifetime original. <laughs> wow. Seven great episodes, but one, you know, a lot of lot of uh, interesting stuff out there. Okay. I was gaining the pulse a little bit. I normally don't gain the pulse. I let you tell it to me, but uh, I just was curious because I went through like three or four different emotions, as I'll get into during mm. this. But Okay. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, you know. Um, I watched the Oscars with my wife on Sunday, and it's so much better being on the West Coast. I mean, the West Coast, the West is the best. We know this solo. We grew up on the East Coast. We came out here to the West Coast. Now we get to watch football at 10 a.m. We get to watch the Oscars at 5 o'clock, and it's over by 8.30. Um, but after the Oscars, Perry was like, let's watch True Detective. And I was like... Yo, I don't think I can watch another hour of television after this. Like, it was just so long. And we just kind of chilled. And I ended up watching it during the day by myself today. She hasn't had a chance yet to see it. So I hope she's not listening in the other room getting spoiled. But um, I'm ready to say I loved it. I, I, I just kind of went on Twitter a little bit today and found what people's reactions were. And... I was a bit surprised to find exactly what you said, Solo, is a lot of people were like disappointed. Um, I was listening to The Watch today with um, uh, Chris and Andy, which is a Ringer pod that I really love. And I know Chris did a podcast for The Ringer that I didn't listen to, but they went all into the Reddit theories and they got deep into the connections to season one. And I just think we were on the right trail the whole time, man, like... We got into the fun parts, but we knew that it was about the characters and it was about yeah, you're right. the relationship and the marriage and exactly what we said, dude, while I'm watching it, I'm hearing you say to me, hey, we don't know too much about Purple's past. 
how, why did he go into the army? And then she talks about it. And, right. <laughs> and I was saying, I bet you this episode's really going to be about their marriage and did it work out or not, you know? And that's really what it was about. So I, I loved this episode and I was, I picked up on where it was going pretty quickly. And there are some complaints to be made perhaps about the expositional way in which the, the mystery was solved. Um, little 21 jump street there, but I, uh, <laughs> they just kind of jumped. They just kind of told you what happened. You know, it wasn't much of a discovery, you know? Um, but all in all, I was extremely pleased with this season. It touched me as a married person. It touched me as a man. Um, and I just, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny cause we predict, we, you more, well, actually both of us, but you were early on, you predicted, you were like, you know what? I don't think it's going to be so much about the murder mystery. It's about these people. And, and you were right. It really was. It was more of how this case affected people than the actual case itself. Uh, and we'll go into, I got, uh, some great stuff just relationship wise, uh, some some stuff to hit on, but you're right. I I watched the episode. I did find myself just because of the way I am. I I paused it at one point. It was at 51 minutes, and I'm like, Are we gonna get some sort of twist or something with the case? Mm-hmm. Is the attorney general in on it? Is all this stuff? And then I realized, Oh, it didn't happen. Okay. And then I looked at the people saying you know, on Facebook and stuff saying, oh man, this episode, I hated this episode. And what the, why does this happen? Why does this happen? So I went from liking it to, man, maybe they're right. Maybe that's what I yeah. wanted. Yeah. But then when I re I rewatched it today with lady solo, I loved it. I loved it more. I liked it more the second time around knowing what was going to happen. I picked up little things I missed and I realized in looking at it, Axel throughout the whole season, it's exactly what the, all the clues were there, and we got most of them. Uh, we we go outside the box a little bit just to be because that's how we are, that's uh, how we think. But in reality, even though we would do some maybe not necessarily crazy theories or you know what if they killed you know this person but covered it up for a time, we we kind of knew what was happening. We knew pretty well uh, early on. But definitely by the middle, we knew where this was going and what it was about. And I and I especially knew when, remember when they had that scene of their first date? And I'm like, Axel, why the heck did they put that in here and not move the story forward? And that's when I really realized, wow, it's probably going to end that way too. Yeah. Or it's going to be more about that. And I think a lot of people were expecting the finale of season one where you catch the killer one person might die or they don't, and it's kind of a happy ending, but it's a resolution, and boom, oh, that was awesome. This was a different season. Similarities, but it was different. But I, I'll be honest, I, I, right where I stand now, I really liked this episode. I do have some problems with it, but I was satisfied. And the fact that we kind of predicted a lot of this stuff uh, wasn't necessarily a bad thing uh, because it was there and we yes, picked it up. Yeah. But there's a... You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people – I heard that that was one of the things that I saw um, 
uh, online too, on, on Twitter. I can't remember. It was a pod. Maybe it was a chat guys. And, and their one of their tweets was like, you know, was this all for naught, you know, looking at all these Reddit theories and, and look, you know, solo, we've been doing this for 10 years. Okay. And Mm -hmm. 10 years into dissecting TV shows, starting with Lost, which was the ultimate and set the stage for all of this, we learned very early on, that stuff is fun only for you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter what book Ben was reading in the background. That's just something that they put in there. Does it have meaning? Yeah, maybe it does have meaning. But if it... If these things eclipse the characters, the human emotion and story, then I don't really think it's a good story. And that was some complaints people had about Westworld. And now you go the other way and people are upset too. So it just goes (laughs) to show you that if you do Westworld and all you do is an intricate puzzle that's super awesomely done and it's perfect – and at the end of it, you can look at all these little bits in the background and on the on the tripod and blah, blah if you slow it down. And it actually works on Westworld. But the characters are very robot, robotic because they're robots. But even the humans are robotic. <laughs> yes, on, yes. On yes. this season of True Detective, you had deep, deep emotion and character study and a man who was – who we who we find was so torn up in his wife and how they and and actually this this finale was so uplifting they did work it out they i think that they figured out what they could you know and they made the best of their lives as actually um did almost everyone who survived you know try to come to some sort of loving conclusion with themselves or those around them in some way. Um, But the mystery itself was pretty much told to us. You didn't need all these clues. If you were watching, you pretty much could figure out that they took the kid for the, for the girl, for Isabel, you know what I mean? And, and then once, Mm -hmm. once we found out that, um, that Hoyt, Michael Rooker, wasn't involved in it. He's like, do I do I look like a man who has answers? You know, <laughs> I know, right? Drinking out of a little bottle in the back of the of the car, his chauffeured car. I knew it right away. I was like, I was disappointed for a second because I saw all that fade away. But then what was left was a great story and great acting and emotion, and I was happy. So. What are you going to do? You know, people, I think that upon rewatch this, I think this season is going to be lifted just as it was for you. I think the whole season will be in years to come. Yeah. And I'll be honest. Okay. So especially the Hoyt stuff, I was, I was kind of disappointed that he really didn't mean at first watch. I was like, Oh, he's right. He doesn't know shit, but there's an interesting thing at the end that that I that was picked up on where you know of course his his daughter was just a mess and after the second car wreck he traveled was on safari mm-hmm. i mean i have it hard to believe that he didn't know what was going on in his own house or maybe he just didn't care um or you know or maybe i get some of your feedback on that i i'd like to uh, ask you a question about that but 
the fact that he tells uh, Hayes um, that with the whole thing with um, uh, Julia, it's funny. It's like, okay, are we? Uh, am I feeling threatened? Are we going to have a problem here? Will you let it go? And so basically when he's talking about that, I'm like, he's still protecting her. Isn't he? Yeah. Or is he the bad? Because th- there's who are these bad people trying to find her? Because I was just like, it seemed like Hoyt at this time was like, you know what? If you let it go, I can let it go and let her be at peace. I, I, I didn't. He didn't come off as a guy to me that was trying to find her. No, it was more like, I, I think, right? Yeah, I think you're right, Solo. Now let's think that. That was in 1990, right? And, right. And um, by that time, she had al- had she already escaped because that's where it does. I can see where people are saying is some of the there's a lot of clues and stuff put out there that were red herrings. But does the actual timeline and everything work out? And it's a little bit fuzzy because they say that it worked for a couple of years. And then when they show her escaping, it looks like she could have probably escaped about five years or six, seven years. So she had obviously already escaped by that time. Right. Um, Right. So but had she had she had not died by that time. Quote unquote, the nuns had not. Quote unquote, uh, yeah. Yeah, the nuns had not pulled that little deception to help her. And I think that was not until 1997, right? That she well, supposedly I'm thinking died, she, right? They did, the nun did say she had been here three and a half years and then passed, whether that's true or not. So let's just say maybe um, after she escaped, she was three and a half years and then they. Right. So yeah, so it's when she escaped. I guess you could say if she escaped in 87, then it was mid-1990. Right. That's possible. Well, also, we don't um, know that she went right there. There was that's there, true. There we was a think time of addiction we, and maybe prostitution, or they hinted towards a life on the street. Okay. Oh, okay. That So that wasn't like a cover to say, oh, she had HIV and, and then, no, I think oh, it, she died. Well, I think, do you think she really did have that life I or did she, she go right to the come? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I think that she had a tough – I think she kind of ran out of there and where she ended up after that, she just didn't trust anyone. And I mm-hmm. think that she kind of maybe ended up at that convent. Regardless – Yeah, she – yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just saying. Regardless, if we're right or wrong, it's quite possible the purpose why we went down this was to try to figure out if Hoyt knew about it. And I think. I think it's safe to say that he had to know something was going on. You know what I mean? Solo. Like you can't have a little kid living in the house for. you'd have to be really like i mean even the servants were told not to go there remember so Mm -hmm. it was not like i think you you, there was a pain in him that that struck me as similar to the pain we saw in um the sergeant from 21 jobs i was trying to get his name clever (laughs) captain fuller baby captain fuller Uh, julius watt uh no junius Junius, yes there was the same pain in their eyes and the way they were except the pain that junius had was a pain of 
having realized he couldn't do anything right he was he, he mm-hmm. by the time we see him he had he he was so he had been through it and was out the other side and was ready to be punished for what he had done but it seemed like Hoyt was a man who tried to control everything and the fact that he couldn't control this situation and couldn't solve his daughter's problems and that things went on without his knowledge i think it's probably correct to assume he didn't know what originally happened with the with with the with William dying will was his the kid's name right um mm-hmm. will at the final episode i should get some names right um <laughs> will but, byers yeah, like, oh wrong show oh yeah um so i think it's safe to say that he knew some stuff solo enough to know what a man of his stature in that community would have to know to kind of keep things at bay so it's quite possible that the that Goodwin and others were involved peripherally, just not in a way that had any true significance past right, him, yeah. you know, past him paying for them or paying them off in a way he would in any other situation, you know? Yeah. So, Cause it, it would make sense. He'd have to know because yeah. it's his property. He's the, but it's almost like, Oh, my daughter's well, let's, let me just not get super involved. Junius, you take care of everything, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, my daughter's fine. I don't need to know every detail. It, like, he probably didn't know about the lithium. I, you know, yes, well, June yes. didn't either. So that one probably, yeah, so it's more that, okay. Because that's why when uh, Julie escapes and then her, his daughter spiles out of control, commits suicide, he goes off on safari. He's just doesn't he wants to get away yeah he, he didn't want to stay I, around he there, delegates so, so that makes sense just like it delegates just you know i mean i think that kind of goes along with pizzolatto's like powerful rich men thing they treat their mm-hmm. families and their lives like a business they delegate responsibility to others and mm-hmm. he seemed to have delegated the responsibility of his daughter to junius and right you know it's kind of like a, a situation of like I know something's not right here, but I don't need to get into the weeds with it. You take care of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could uh, hire someone to manage my household. <laughs> I, mean, I know, right? Like, especially Captain Fuller from 21 Jump Street. I'd love to have him around. That'd be amazing. Could, uh, you know. <laughs> we get Dom DeLuise's son up in here. Yeah, we'll get them all. Booker, Dat Wynn, or whatever his name, Nguyen, or whatever, yeah. whatever Ioki's name was. I love them all. Holly Robinson. Oh, Pete. man. Yeah, she's something else. Richard Greco. Uh, I had such oh, a I can't wait for the 21 Jump Street podcast. Oh, that's going to be fun. I can't wait for the 21 Jump Street. That's going to be nice. Anyway. Uh, do you want to get into some uh, – we have some emails from John, Cindy, yes. uh, Andy, and Bill. Bill. All right. So let's uh, – <coughs> we'll kick it off. Um, excuse me. A little true detective cough today. I uh, apologize to the listeners. Um, so we'll go, yeah, we'll go from the order received – uh, I know Bill threw in a second one, so I'll, I'll include that. But yeah, from our good friend John, I love it because <laughs> last week I was like, man, everyone's emailing just you, Axel. So he sends a Heath and Axel with my name underlined. I love it, John. Thank you, brother. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, God. I almost caught. I was oh, like, what was that? Was that your dog? No, no. That was me like choking <laughs> on water. But I would say it's underlined Don't and choke. bold. Yes, I, and bold. I forget. Yes, and bold. So I, you know, I'm kind of happy today. All right. He goes. Uh, this is from John. I don't have much to say other than I loved it. 
I enjoyed the poetic touches throughout the series, but it really closed out the last episode with so much heart. I'm a sucker for the male bonding and dad moments. Yeah, I am too. The male bonding thing just gets me. I, I love that. Anyway, as you do too. It's what we do podcasting. We bond with each other more ways than one. Okay. The way this story was simple but so emotionally complex reminds me of The Leftovers. The fact that he did make the changes in his life towards growth was told so efficiently but so satisfying when it's revealed. As a photographer, I know that an image is the smallest of glimpses holding all the biases of the storyteller. And here on film, Pizzolatto used those biased little narrative narratives and slices of time to both hide and expand the emotional core of the characters. It was a mystery, but one of the most unconventional I've watched. John. Wow. That John, I read this email and I was like, maybe we should just read this email and not podcast. Um, because this says it all. And I think the way you said about the biases and it played on our own biases as television viewers, as Americans, as men, as women, um, the, I think, and the male bonding stuff, you're right. There were, I think there were purposeful red herrings towards um, some kind of link uh, of maybe... Harris and, um, and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, both Harris Purcell Roland. and Roland oh. maybe being gay or maybe somehow hiding, knowing that secret of each other. Right. Or like I said before, they were maybe, they were being blackmailed or something, but it turns out that that was really only true for Purcell. And it was just kind of a red herring that they snuck in these glances with Harris and the way he said, you have a nice body, right? To Hayes, they just mm-hmm. kind of kind of toying with maybe our own sense of what could be. And in the end, it didn't play out to anything. And I think that it, it was there, but I think it also, you know, it was like those little glimpses hiding things holding them back, but then showing us other things. And in the end, we see also um, that, you know, what we, what we see that the, the relationship between Roland and Tom was really Roland being a great guy, <laughs> you know, like yeah, it was him. And it was him. Also, you see that Roland is a man who was forever in, in search of, and never did find, a, a true love, right? And I, since you brought that up, I want to throw in. So in ninety, oh, we can go more into it. But you know how when they both basically the the case is shut down again, yeah, and and it's you know they're going their separate ways once again. I was like, okay, my friend Abby's like texted me. He goes, why did they show him getting into a fight at a bar? And I'm like, well, maybe he was in love with Roland. <laughs> I mean, with uh, Wayne Hayes, and he realized he's not going to see him anymore. But <laughs> no, I was just like, no, that can't be true. But this is what I picked up on second viewing. You have two guys. One, at the end of the case, them trying to figure out what they want in life. And it was basically the di- – it wasn't so much that, oh, let's have a fight scene and just show something cool to, to- – I-, I think they were showing the compare and contrast – of two people going through the same thing, one having the love of his life there for support, the other having nobody. 
Yes. And it was basically it was basically like like they do this in old musicals where you'd have you see like the the hero and the woman he's going to meet and, and it's a very uh thematic thing where you see one scene of them and then another scene and then they travel together and then they meet up. It's kind of, you know, and they do that sometimes with, you know, the hero and the villain. But anyway, it was just basically, I was like, wow, he has his love of his life there. They talked through it and they realized that, you know, we're both going to walk away because our whole relationship up to this point has been about a dead boy and a missing girl. Yeah. Roland's in the bar. He's got no one to talk to, but the bottle. And he just decides to, you know, he knows he's probably going to get the crap beat out of him. But he goes, you know, he does a, he handles himself pretty well and then at the end gets beat up. But I did notice when he – and then we saw his origin of loving dogs and his need for companionship. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and the next thing or person that was there was a dog and the dog comes up to oh. him after he shoes him away. And I'm just like it was such a great moment oh, being man. a dog lover. I know you're a dog lover. It was just – but one thing I didn't notice that Lady Soul noticed and I should being a bartender is the bottle of Jack he has has the pourer on top. I saw that so too. So I'm like – <laughs> I did not pick that up. She goes, how is he drinking from that? And I look and I go, oh, shoot, there's the topper on it. So he took it from the bar or they kicked him out. He goes, at least give me a bottle. Yep. Jack, I got, noticed I don't that solo and I, I noticed that too. <laughs> and I was like, what's he sticking his tongue in it? But I guess if you pour it the right way, it comes no. out. Right. Yeah, it yeah. comes out. It, it, it's a it's a thin pour with that spout oh, okay. that's there. But okay. yeah, you can actually all you have to do is lift it, it's and the lifted. shot will okay. come out. Um, it yeah, doesn't have yeah. the little ball or something in it. Um, but, no, that was a that was the silver one that just shoots out. Okay, so. I, that's what I, I thought. It was a really fantastic production touch because I just imagine that. As they were throwing him out of the bar, he just reached around and grabbed it, and they were like, "Fuck it," you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or he he had it in his hand while they were beating him up. And you're so right about that, Heath. Too that. I mean, that dog moment made me cry. I'll tell you right now, it was so beautiful. And I hope he gets an Emmy for this. But with Game of Thrones and and, oh, and everything coming back, it's going to be a little tough. But. I thought this was the finest performance of Stephen Dorff's career. And if you really like him, you should check out Nowhere, the Sofia Coppola film. Um, he was mm-hmm. fantastic in that. And I think he is he is a real quality actor. And I hope that he'll... I love him in the movie Felon. <laughs> I love that movie. He's a, you know, I mean, look, he, he did some questionable stuff sometimes, you know, but he had a career and he was known <laughs> for kind of a cool guy. And this is a great opportunity for him as an actor, but... Keying into that male bonding stuff, I think it's interesting because, like you say, oh, maybe he was in love with Roland. And in a way, though, Heath, I think he was. And I don't, I think that's something that as men, we have a hard time dealing with and talking about, which is that love, sex, these things are, you know, your sexuality. It's, it's, it, you know, it's it's a, it can be a rough road for people and i think the thing for roland mm-hmm. and and at that time and especially coming from them both being vietnam vets and having that kind of brotherhood i think roland there was such a pain in his eyes when when wayne says you know i'm out i'm leaving man you know and he go and then he goes what about us man what about us yeah because yeah. he wanted that partner right and he he is he is in love with Wayne, but it's not sexual. He's just, he exactly. loves him. 
You know what I mean? Like, look, dude, you know as well as I. You and I, we say I love you to each other. We say it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of men, that's a very hard thing to say to a friend. A lot of men do not say to their friends, hey, I love you, man. You know, and that can be difficult. And I think that that this was an interesting way to examine that, but also to add that little bit of red herring, that little bit of mystery to it to make us think about it more. So it didn't annoy yeah. me. It ju- it actually helped make me think more. It challenged yeah, me. In hi- yeah, in hindsight, um, I don't think, especially even with his um, relationship with Tom, Tom, right, Tom Purcell, right? Yeah. Is that his name? <laughs> okay, last episode, I should remember. Um, <laughs> it, it's not necessarily, now looking at it, it's not necessarily, you know, a sexual relationship like you're yeah. saying. It's yeah. just the simple fact we didn't know anything about his family. He's alone. Yep. He's got a relation his part his basically he sees his family, you know, his partners is is his family. Definitely. And then as and he was, you know, and then after um Wayne left and was doing the typing and stuff, he moved on and then was helping Tom out and that became kind of his family and certain friendships, I mean, like you said with me and you, it's like you have friendships that, you know, like I love my wife and I, I, I want to be with her all the time and she's my best friend and uh, we have a happy marriage and we've had, you know, for, we've been together for five years. It's great. But also I have my, my guy friends who I love and want to be around yeah. and, 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 and it's not sexual. It's just, it's, it's like family. It, it is family, you know, cause family isn't just blood. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes you know, it can, it goes when you have a relationship like, partners on a beat together for a long period of time, they Mm -hmm. develop that almost, you know, it's like, um, you know how people like to joke around and say, that's my work husband or right. Right. My work wife. Well, people say that for a reason because you really Mm -hmm. develop a bond with someone and you kind of, you know, you love them and you depend on them. And I think it was beautiful. I think that that aspect of the show, like John points out, was really touching to me. And um, I thought that was a great email, John. You really put the you really put the he- nail on the head. And the photographer part, I want to mention that last shot of Roland uh, with Wayne's family, right on the porch, mm-hmm. and they see the two kids. There are little photographs here and there in the end, you know. Him and then the the very last shot of him soaking into the woods in Vietnam, you know. Um, mm-hmm. These shots were all about kind of coming full circle, accepting something, right? And it was mm-hmm. beautiful to see them on the porch there together, having kind of solved the mystery, which the real mystery was about each other. You know, and Roland getting what he wanted, which is he wants to be part of a family. Right. I mean, you could interpret uh, that shot of him, you know, having a flashback to 1980 with his grandkids on the bike and then the shot in Vietnam. I mean, he could have been having a heart attack there. I mean, there's so many interpretations (laughs) you could go into. I think it was just, I think, I think that was when, like when he said to um, Amelia, at the, uh, you know, when they had their kind of talk at the bar where they decided to stay together, you know, mm-hmm. and he, and, and he said, 
he used those words. He said like, I'm, I'm in it now. I'm, I'm in it deep now. You know what I mean? Like kind of, it, it was, I think it was a way to show that he somehow came to accept his experiences in Vietnam to understand how he was broken, you know, um, mm-hmm. in some way. Um, and maybe not until that very moment, you know, that journey of tw- all the way to 2015, maybe he had had a great, re- maybe he, he, his relationship with Amelia got better when he became the head of security and she became a professor, right? At the college at mm-hmm. Arkansas university. Oh, it was whatever. definitely better. Yeah. You could tell just by their look, yeah, you could tell nice, they were so right? much in love. Yeah. And, and that in, and- but maybe still, as we find out in our lives, even years after she passed, he had to kind of work something out with Roland to really heal it all. Mm-hmm. You know, and understand it all and put it into perspective because yeah. Roland was a part of that too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was, you know, think about it. And I think with that shot, he was a, he did recon and he was in the jungle alone. He's used to going through life alone. Yeah. Yep. And he, he got a partner and he kind of worked it, but he still kind of, even though they were partners, he still was kind of in his own headspace, on his own thing. And even that first 10 years of that relationship, he was about him. It wasn't about us. Yeah. Or we. Yeah. And, and it took him to drop the case and to move on. And especially the reality of, Amelia coming out and saying, no, 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 you went into the war because if you died, they'd give your mom 10 oh, grand and she'd be rich. That was hard. Like that moment, you could tell he didn't even, he, he, whether or not he didn't remember that or couldn't believe he told her that <laughs> after years later, but you know, it, it just was like, there it was, there it was. And that moment there, um, as much as I was sometimes frustrated with their relationship and bored, I really love this episode, their character moments in this episode. Yeah. The three major scenes they were in together, well, the fourth, uh, you know, with the, you know, kind of the ghost on how and to solve the end piece that we'll get to. But it's just, they, they were really good. They really were. I think it could have been some of the, I mean, I think they're the best of the season. Um, they made more, I don't know. I just enjoyed them a lot. And that's the stuff I wanted. Uh, so, all right, little mid ad break here for cufflinks.com. Now, you know, we did have an Oscar giveaway and we gave away a black Panther tie and a hand of the queen pin from cufflinks.com. You can check those out. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR. So they know we sent you use code DVR 20, get that hand of the king pin for 20% off. What do you think? Or hand to the queen pin, right? We're going to give away four more of those, plus a bunch of other Game of Thrones stuff, because it's getting there, baby, and I'm starting my rewatch soon. So make sure you're subscribed to Daily DVR and go to cufflinks.com slash DVR. Make yourself look good. Feel good when you step out. Add that little splash of style at cufflinks.com. Uh, should we uh, move on to the next email? That's... Let's the do it. other part of the spectrum, okay? Yeah. So our good friend Cindy, summertime. I met summertime at the Lost Finale party years ago, and she gave I still have it. She gave me this awesome Lost bracelet that says "Live Together, Die Alone," my favorite oh, episode awesome. of all time. Yeah, yeah, sweet. What a what a sweet gal. Uh, anyway, so. 
But she says, hey, Axel, <coughs> Cindy, I'm here too. But it's okay. I'll pretend I'm Axel. <laughs> oh, oh, but she goes, I, I haven't been listening to the podcast because I binged this weekend and just watched the finale. Ah, different take here. I think I can relate now to all the people who were so mad at the way Lost ended and said they were dead the whole time. Oh, no. I swear. <laughs> oh, I know. I swear no matter who they uh, get for the next one, even if it's uh, Qu- Terry Quinn or Michael Emerson, laugh out loud, I am not watching the series again. No- none have compared to the first season. I thought this was e- was even worse than the last. <laughs> Can't wait for God. Game of Thrones. I'll be listening to those podcasts. Take care, Cindy. <laughs> oh, thank you, Cindy. Yeah, hey, I mean, I you have a different perspective. And you know what? It's interesting. Maybe this is better watched week to week. Maybe when you binge it, the kind of slower nature of it is harder. It drags or you're you're holding on to those mysteries and tidbits more because I can see the way she's comparing it to Lost where – you know, similarly, I know Cindy liked the end where it's at the end of loss. You're like, it was about the characters. But for this, it might be that you got more attached to the mysteries. So that's an interesting perspective. And I, I can see where she's coming from. Um, but I really enjoyed it. But, you know, to, they, you know, I can't. Hey, I know Cindy has good taste. So I got to accept it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, you know what? Like everything, not everyone's going to love certain yeah. things. Again, it, it, it's just, it, it's, I, I get it. Um, and believe me, I was ready to come on this podcast and bash the finale because I, I was just like, man, maybe, but I was like, let, let me just watch it again and see. And it changed for me. Um, you know, podcasting about it with you. I, I have different degrees of watching TV and I'm okay with slow burns. I'm okay with character stuff. I want, mystery if i want to solve you know get these things solved like i mean it was solved it was done in kind of a mystery novel way by a character we saw once just spew out the details like the old mystery novels i used to read (laughs) as a kid but but it was captain fuller from 21 jump street so i accepted it you know what Um, though i have to say solo when i think about it like if you take a second and think about alternative ways they could have done that um, when I did that, I almost thought to myself, I mean, that scene was just such exposition and it was like, okay, let me explain the whole mystery now. But I feel like I kind of appreciated it because they didn't force feed us this like, dun, 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 you know what I mean? Right. Like, so I kind of appreciated it, but I can, I definitely can see why people are complaining. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't expect it all to happen there. And when it did, I was like, oh, wow, okay. But at the same time, the way this was going, was there another way that we would have got this information? I mean, if we got it from Hoyt, would people have loved it more? Yeah. Um, I just don't know what other way these, you know, these uh, 2015 hot shot homicide detectives would have got the information. I guess we could have got it through the documentarian who wasn't even in this episode. Yes. Uh, that was a big so, thing that I, I have to say that was disappointing for me. I wanted to see some sort of resolution or why they she was a rat. I just, you know, that was. Well, I have a theory. Okay. I do have right. a theory. Can I say friend. one thing real quick? No. Oh, okay. I won't. Yes, of course. Oh, you, thank you, you. You own this franchise. Um, 
just before I forget, because oh, uh, yeah, no. I didn't have it written down, when Amelia appears in a vision to solve the final piece of the puzzle, right, with Wayne, right. at first that kind of annoyed me because I felt like it was the second expository dump, you know, where she kind of walked him through it. But mm-hmm. as the episode kind of drew to its close, I felt that was kind of beautiful because it means that they did finally work together on the case. I agree 100%. Though Lady Soul, this is her favorite scene of the episode. And at first I'm like, okay, you know, when you think about it, he's getting information from a ghost but not really it's his mind mm-hmm. and he's starting to put together the pieces reading the book thinking about his wife flashback yeah. thinking about the past that was in his mind i mean granted he read read it from the book that 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 passage that kind of jarred it but i believe it was in there somehow yeah. because there's a lot of times amelia would talk and he's so anti you're not an investigator, you're not a detective, I want to solve this, that he would miss things that she said, except the one time, remember, remember he, he was disregarding her, oh, I met someone today, so uh, whatever, the guy with one eye, oh, whoa, 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 and then he stopped, what what about him? Like, so I think throughout the relationship, she might have came at him with stuff, but either wasn't listening or was listening to her talk but not taking it in. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do believe that stuff was in his mind anyway. It was just kind of her spirit, her being in his mind, kind of working it out. Yeah. I mean, it looks – but visually, you want to show it. If he was, like, talking to himself and you heard her voice, like Obi-Wan Kenobi or something, that would have been okay. But to have her there, it makes more sense because he's – the whole thing with timeline and feeling like someone's there or looking here, getting a sense of, ooh, I was here before, all this stuff. I think a lot of that was in his mind and it just took a little po- poking and prodding and a little push to get it out. Yeah. And it also shows that internally, like you're, that was great what you said, Heath, that he finally, he was at a place where he accepted not only the visions of her and it didn't freak him out, you know, like it was before he was kind of more accepting of, of his mind leaving him. And yeah, he was even going, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. Like he didn't want to go there, but he let, but it happened. Yeah. And then he kind of let it. And then it was also his mind letting him accept that. Like his wife said, they had always been on this journey together. Right. You know, and and the mis- mm-hmm. these two kids were wrapped up in their whole marriage, and in many ways, um, everyone around the whole thing was wrapped up in their marriage, except for them. And then at the end, it was them two alone in a room that kind of figures out this final part, which is actually quite beautiful, right? That we yeah. we don't get a surprise at the end that you know the the mysterious cult of pedophiles did something. No, we find out that these nuns saved her and and not only saved her and helped her, but she grew up to have a loving, a man who loved her from when she was a child who wanted nothing more than to be with her. And that small scene when she's reading to the kids, the look on that actor's face who had like four lines in the whole show, they did some good casting because that one little brought right. a tear to my eye, man. Like, 
I could see that recognition. He like kind of looked and he did like a Ugh. triple take. And then it was like, he realized it was the love of his life, you know, like, yep. and, and after everything she'd been through and, and then they have a kid together and, and they name it after the mom. And it's just, it was, it was very beautiful, man. It was really touching. And that was cool with me. I was cool. With and me. you know, yeah. And, and okay. So we're used to a lot of shows it ending on some sort of crazy twist or cliffhanger or whatnot. I like the fact that, you know what? Like, like what Amelia says in, in, in the, the ghost scene or whatever you want to call it, where, you know, this her life was basically went to crap and then by people helping her and with time and with pieces moving then it became she found the love of her life had a daughter and has a nice life and now it comes full circle where it's a new story and and or the same story but a good ending or a new chapter i don't think yeah. you know you write the book about it but it was like it was a relief that this this child saw her brother die she was getting drugged by lithium pretty much brainwashed was on the run had a tough street life and then was you know all this stuff and for and to get a happy ending like we almost never get that. Like usually, you know, that would be she'd be dead, or they'd break the story, and then someone would come get her, and she'd be a, a media, you know, you know, paparazzi, and everyone yeah. would be around, yeah. and her life would be turmoil. And it's so fitting that 2015 Wayne gets there. He's gonna get all the answers to the lifelong thing he's been wanting to know, and then he loses his memory. Yeah. Now when he's drinking the water. When he glances at the young, at young Lucy and uh, Julie, I almost feel like he, the way his eyes, I almost feel like he knows, yeah. but then he goes back. It like I felt like he had a moment there that I, was very subtle. You got you? Did you pick on that? One, pick up on that? I was gonna say the same thing. I was gonna okay. say I had the feeling that maybe halfway through, like when he looked at the girl, he remembered. He remembered her, either he remembered her from the church and was going to say, I met you before. It was almost like he was mm-hmm. going to say something and then it all came back to him very quickly and it was almost like his mind said, no, forget. Right. And then he just kind exactly. of went back and forgot. And it was, I think that to me said a kind of acceptance of 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 your of the futility of life of, 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 of death, the acceptance of death. I mean, this whole show is about how this one boy died and the girl, you know, and then they killed this person. And in the end, it was kind of like, he just had to, you know, he, he had to let things be for once. Yeah. And it's not all about him at this time. Yeah. Everything yeah. was about him. What would it wasn't the necessarily point? about, yeah, what exactly? And it's finally like you know what, let it go. Yeah. And his the way you know, everything happens for a reason. And the fact that he was in that condition, and the fact that it was 2015 after his wife had passed, after so much has happened, it was fitting. Yeah, baby. Um, I liked that a lot. I liked right. that a lot. All right, we got an email from Andy. Yeah. Baby. Or do we want me to go into my quick theory? Let's go to my quick theory real quick. Okay. So when when the uh, when his son ends up keeping the address and yeah. puts it in his pocket. 
would he really go back to his mistress and give him that give her that information to blow this open or does he sit on it himself uh that's a question bill kava that's his follow up right do you think oh that, it is yeah that was his follow up do you think that the son uses the address um oh okay and uh i Sorry to step on your email. No, it's fine. Realize. It's fine, dude. Bill, Bill, see, Bill Cobb is in Oh, your yeah, mind, yeah, yeah. There man. it is. Um, there it is. I think my thought was, I don't know. I don't think so, but I don't know. It says something about fathers and sons, right? Maybe he had mm-hmm. an inclination. He was going to throw it out, but he kept it. You know? Who knows? Maybe maybe he forgets and he puts his pants in the wash and it <laughs> ruins it. I know. How many times has that happened? <laughs> you know? God. Um, he's, he was, he was uh, just making sure his clothes didn't have any lipstick from the documentarian there. But I don't know. It's a good, <laughs> it was a good touch, I thought. I thought it was a good little yeah. touch. Yeah, so that, that was the second part of Bill Kava's email. So let's go to the first part. Since I already uh, stepped on. Sorry, Bill. Uh, hi, excellent Heath. All right, I got another Heath in there. Thanks for getting together for this run of True Detective. It was a great season, and you guys really enhanced it for me. Oh, thank you, buddy. Thank you. While, while initially I didn't feel closure, after some time to digest it, I digest it all, I'm pretty satisfied. Landscaper Mike and the Nuns, great band name. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's right. Oh, Mike and the Nuns. I love it. We'll all... <laughs> will be the only ones to ever know of Julie's ultimate outcome. Pretty impossible for Hayes to recreate the loop of getting back to Allegro. And I think we metaphorically get the answer in the last scene, walking into the woods. I interpreted that as he's now deep in the woods and any memories are now gone forever. Powerful image. Mm-hmm. Take care. Take care, guys, till next time. That's a, that's a nice uh, yeah. another nice interpretation of that. I like that. That's interesting. I think we're almost maybe coming out of different ways to the same end. That like the acceptance yeah. lets everything dissolve, you know. And he just lives mm-hmm. in the moments he can with his grandchildren in his life now. He doesn't need to live in the past, you know. He's got to keep on going forward, and that's I think yeah. that's a kind of lesson of life in many ways. Right. Thank and you, it, it, it reminded me, it, yeah, it gave me a mirror image of when he uh, was walked out of uh, Roland's car and kind of oh. walked off into the smoke. Nice. And Very disappeared. Good. Solo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bring in my Nancy Drew lost uh, oh. mirror images. Yes. Um, so, like, because then, I mean, he does, in fact, I think get back together with Roland and they investigate a little more. But if uh, that would have been great if that was the final putting the case to, that was the last time they were ever together. Of course it's not, uh, it, it would really be that mirror image, but maybe up to that point, I mean, it, it's just something to think about. Uh, maybe, you know, there's a reason for those. It, cause, cause when he goes in the woods, he disappears like no sign of him. Yeah. And same thing with the smoke, but the smoke, when he goes into the smoke, does he come out the other end? Does it continuation? I forget. No, no, he goes into the smoke. It does end. It, it, it okay. does. And I, and I think that it's interesting. Or does he come to a new timeline? He comes to a new time. Do they cut to a new timeline after he goes in the smoke? I don't remember. I th- yeah, I think it is. I think it, I think so. I, I, yeah, I don't remember. Either uh, way, but I anyway. think you're correct about that imagery. And one is after he tells him, "Let it all go. Let it all go." And then it's almost like it's 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 um it's Roland leaving him in the dust, right? 
and 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 that kind of confusion. Mm-hmm. But in the other, in the last one, like he chooses himself to make this decision. You know, he's acceptance. Right, he's accepting it. So that's a good thank you, Bill. All right. Yeah, Billy. Billy. <laughs> I always wanted to call you Billy, Bill. All right. <laughs> then our final email we got from Andrew, Mr. Andy, the uh, podcast salvager extraordinaire. Yeah. Uh, that's what he should do. He should go on ships or, you know, trucks and salvage podcasts throughout <laughs> the United States or something or the world. I don't know. Okay. I only have a couple of thoughts about this episode. Most of my feedback is about the season as a whole. That's why I saved Andy's for last. Actually, no, because I stepped on Bill Cobb's and I skipped him to go to Bill Cobb. But it worked out great. Okay. The scene where Roland was taking out his frustration by starting a bar fight was fantastic. Stevendorf really impressed me this season. I'm glad it's kind of a comeback for him. I was very excited when I heard Michael Rooker's voice on the phone last week. The scene was great, but I wish he could have had more to do. I thought he gave a great spark that could have helped make the show even better if he had been used more often this season. Yeah, Yeah, I was. that's definitely true because that scene, I mean, I was just, especially the second time around as an actor, I was just watching him. And when he's not talking... If you go to watch the episode again, look at his reactions. When Wayne's about to lie for the second time and he knows it, his he's already starting to shake his head and yep. get his idea. I mean, it's remarkable. It is remarkable. And that's a great reason why when they shot him leaving Roland there, I mean, uh, leaving Wayne there, like they, they, you see him from the front and you, you know, kind of then you see Wayne in the back towards us as well. And it's just, it, it's, to show you his reactions without Wayne seeing them, just hearing, uh, you know, about the threats and stuff. Just a really, really cool way to, to, to shoot that scene. Uh, I thought it was well done, but I wanted more of him too. And I thought it was going to be much, much more than a drunk saying, I don't have the answers. Or what, what, what is the line again? Yeah, He's like, ah, I don't, do I, do look, I look like, like a, a guy? Yeah, exactly. Do I look like a guy who yeah, has so. answers? I agree. I think Andy. <laughs> I think somewhere in an alternate universe, there's another season here where where uh, um, the Hoyt character, where Michael Rooker, plays a large part in it. Um, and I I would I would watch that season too, and I did want more for him too. But that that those con- that whole sequence was great. Yeah. Well, what if, I mean. If they were to do a season where they would tie in Russ Cole stuff from season one and season three in the trafficking, I mean, you could have him a part of something. I, and, and, and one I'd of the reasons for it. Well, I, I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to exist, but if they did it and they did it good, you know, yeah, think, it has to be done right. It has to be done right. I, yeah. I think three seasons um, in, I have to say, I really like True Detective. I hope they do another season. I'd like one more. I, I would like one more. It's fun. I mean, I, I like this stuff. Yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, uh, you know. Okay, and he keeps going on and says, True Detective Season 3 has had quite a show. On one hand, it has some of the best acting of any show in recent memory. Ali, Dorf, McNary, and how do you spell, how do you say Carmen's last name? Ijogo? Yes, Ijogo? I think, I think, yeah, Ijogo. Ijogo? Ijogo. We're all standouts in a great cast. The production as a whole was fantastic. Each episode had at least one or two scenes that I loved. Uh, this season was a great character study, particularly between Wayne and Roland and between Wayne and Amelia. Definitely. 100%. 100%. At the same time, the mystery and the story of season three let me, left me very disappointed. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping the slow burn was leading up to something more interesting. Something about a 30-year-old mystery being solved 
by finally finding the one-eyed man and him basically having him tell what happened was a real letdown. <laughs> it's like the one-armed man and the fugitive. Yeah, uh, I was thinking no. that. <laughs> uh, was the point of this story to say how poor these detectives were? They couldn't solve this for 30 years until Wayne had a vision of his wife and <laughs> that told him what to do. Oh, Andy's I, breaking it down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like that it wasn't some grand conspiracy, <laughs> but as simple as it turned out to be, the detectives should have been able to figure it out sooner. <laughs> well, even Stephen Dorff, uh, uh, Roland, when they're in the pink room, yeah. <laughs> he's like, what the hell have we been doing for the last 15 years or whatever? Yeah. Like, it's true. I mean, when you think about it, um, they they – if they thought Hoyt was involved, I guess there was a lot of red tape and they didn't have the power to go in and with the attorney general and everything, they would probably wouldn't have been able to search the premise yeah. premises. But man, well, uh, I mean, but I, the only thing a, I could say is <laughs> Andy, we, you know, we kind of know the answer, right? Like, Homicide has very low clearance rates. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, that's just right. watch that's The right. Wire. You know, right? You know that, Andy. Uh, so yeah. I think the truth yeah, is it, that is funny when you put it that way. And um, that line you say was a good one, too. Like, you know, they both, for their own reasons, turned away from it. And during the investigations upon further review – they of course had their own biases and they went down, they ended up killing a guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that, I, I think that would wreck anything. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. the truth of true detective is they are not great detectives. <laughs> no, <laughs> Amelia the was a great detective. Uh, okay. So this is a point that I, I have to ask you this because actually lady solo brought it up and I jotted it down. So, when they're in 2015 and they go to the Hoyt uh, estate that's been abandoned mm-hmm. and they're able to find this pink room and this big heavy door, don't you think they would want to destroy that? Doesn't it look a little odd to have a thick I, sealed door dude, and I, a pink room? Yes. I mean, the whole thing is – so it's like did that room have some sort of homing beacon on it because – not only do they kind of go right to it, but Tom also went right to it. It's like <laughs> you break into a huge mansion, and the first thing you do is find the one room that they've been trying to hide for thirty years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it yeah. is. There is a there is inconsistencies <clears throat> there, without a doubt. Yeah that 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 did trouble me. Yeah. Uh, sure, there are. I, I mean, how is that? How is that thing? Still around, like be like, oh no, it's just a pink room with a heavy door. We, uh, you know, what it looks like. Unfortunately, it does look like. I hate to say it, but it lo- almost looks like they, you know, in, in other shows they would shoot porn there. It'd be, yes, so, you know, definitely where they torture someone. You know, it, it it's those that Law and Order SVU room. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so how can uh, anyway? You know what it that, looked yeah, like that, solo. It looked like the room where the guy from Different Strokes kept the toys that Dudley and, and Arnold were going to play with. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Now the world don't move oh, to man. the beat of just one drum. That was an episode. Anyway, as Andy says, it, 
I may sound down on season three, but overall, I still really love the season. I was disappointed with the overarching story, but the character work was so strong, it really elevated this to a great season of television. Ali is awesome. I wouldn't be surprised to see him add an Emmy to go alongside with his two Oscars he already has. I did rewatch season one leading up to this season. I I still... Season one is is still his superior season. Uh, I think it just... It, uh, uh, I think it's just a more well-balanced season of TV. I haven't seen season two yet. Oh, interesting. But I'm hoping to check it out soon, not seen, <laughs> to see how it stacks up. Great job, Andy. So, um, Thank you, Andy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, thank you, Andy. I uh, hope your excursion goes well, uh, finding other podcasts to salvage. Um, thanks again, brother. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Mahershala Ali. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean... It was great. And I say, What's... Andy, watch season two. And you know what the thing about season two is? It's nowhere near as deep as either of these two. It's, I think it's, in a way, it's kind of a bit more fun at certain points. It has some more interesting set pieces. And it takes place in L.A., so it's a little kind of faster and hipper, I guess you'd say. Uh, you know that, Solo. You live near L.A. Um, Hell yeah, brother! I'm a hipster, <laughs> but uh, it'll be. It, but it's oh, not. It's fun. It's not. This se- these seasons are much better, and you're totally right. The character work gets it over, and you know you're right, Andy. You pointed out some things to me, especially about the detectives, that there were inconsistencies. But <laughs> overall, I, I I have to agree with your statement that. It, it elevated it, the acting and character work. And Mahershala Ali, especially I wanted to mention, the way they played with time in this episode more so than they, they kind of picked up what they were doing with one and two with the transitions of him looking at himself. And there were certain scenes like, did you notice that when they met the one-eyed man, at first it's the young Stephen Dorff and the old Mahershala Ali then it's a younger Mahershala Ali. Then it's an older Stephen Dorff. It keeps on ch- for like about three or four minutes leading up to that part where they're going to discover the, what happened. It's mm-hmm. it's changing back and forth. And when they're driving there too, right? It's like the old one. Then it's the young one. And then it goes around the car. And it's just basically kind of like all the times were melding into one because they were about to find the truth. Oh, did they um did they pair up old and new? Yeah, they I did. just assumed it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. If you I look didn't, really didn't, close, you'll see that. That like as they're walking up and as their back is turned mm. and it keeps cutting back and forth, it changes. And there's like a nineteen ninety Stephen Dorf with a night with a two thousand fifteen Mahershala Ali. And then it's the the 1980 Mahershala Ali with the 2015 Stephen Dorff. And then it becomes, Hmm. they're both old. And then one has their gun out and one doesn't. Then they both do. And it just keeps on morphing. It's almost like the space-time continuum is writing itself because they're about to find out the truth. 
that's interesting because you know when I'm watching it, I, I'm visualizing from the Miami Vice pilot when <laughs> Philip Michael Thomas <laughs> looks at Don Johnson. It's just a great moment. It's one of my favorite TV moments, and I, I got caught in that. But I, I honestly was thinking because you saw 1990 or 1980, Mahershal, uh, Wayne Hayes, right? Yeah. But he's he's with his gun, but he puts his gun in his pants. Yeah. And I'm like, at that time, why didn't he have a holster? So it makes to show you yeah. that it is them now. They just got so okay. That that clears that up for me. It was really I liked uh, the way they did that. That was cool, man. That was awesome. Um. All right. Do you have uh, Do you have anything else that you um, wanted to talk about? Uh, just quick tidbit. Okay. Uh, so we find out that uh, Junius Watts was in the car. So. I guess that did happen then because yeah. I was confused. I wasn't sure oh, if that really good happened. One. Right, with the baseball yeah. bat. With a baseball bat. And it was like, oh, interesting. Uh, so they, you know, they got the, uh, Roland took a picture of the, of the license plate. And then as they're driving, my friend from the DMV. So they, they threw that in there, um, to, to let you know nice. how they got his address. Yep. Good um, can okay, destroy the room yet? No, I think, um, yeah, I think we hit it. I hit everything that I wanted to hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was a solid season. I think, uh, it's sad, you know, I hate it. I mean, it's always going to happen. I hate it that, you know, some people love it. Some people hate it. Uh, but that's with everything. It's, yeah. it's, um, I, I think it was a lot better. I mean, I had my issues, of course, but I think the finale was a lot better than, I mean, for me, it worked. Uh, and I really enjoyed it, and uh, it really, uh, I don't know, I really love the Roland and Wayne stuff, and I like the fact that, you know, he's going to stay with them for a few days a week and put his dogs out in the back, and I just love them <coughs> finally at least, you know, rekindling their friendship, putting things behind them, and, you know, and, and, and they're buddies, and they love each other, and you can tell, you know, when they hug each other, uh, before oh, was so the next day, man. like it was, it there were moments in there, and again, if you get the chance to rewatch, just watch. Other than the stuff you f- you automatically focus on, watch at you know different things that are going on in the scene, and just the extra like pat, the extra like hug, you know, it's just it's just very uh, very powerful, and and you could just tell these guys. I mean, these two are such great actors, as we you know Andy said and a bunch of it's just. They added this these extra character moments that really enhances the show and really, man, they really truly love each other and they're good friends and they care about each other and they've been through so much together. And it just as to see two old men like that rekindle and are gonna help each other out. Hopefully, you know, Roland will stop drinking and then he'll help, you know, he helps Wayne. I love when he calls him, You okay? When he goes, You okay, buddy? You gonna be okay? Like it's just like it's just so genuine. It was. So genuine. I just loved it. I that. hope when I'm old and gray, if I make it that far, that uh, people will, will do that to me when, oh, I, when I don't I'll know where the heck I am. I'll be there solo. I'll be there, buddy. <laughs> I'll be All right. there, man. You that know, sounds good. I, I have to tell you, too, the way they embraced and Stephen Dorff just seriously, man, if you're listening, which I know you're not, <laughs> what a beautiful job you did on this show. 
so fantastic. It was so me- just you could tell just that kind of old man hug. They were leaning on each other and didn't want to let go. And Ugh. and when he said, "Hey, how about I stay over here a couple nights a week?" and that was just like I I cried then too, man. I started tearing up because that's as soon that's what I wanted. <laughs> as soon as they met each yeah. other again, I I thought in my head, "Hey, why don't they move in together?" You know, like so. I know, it, it right? Was, and you know what? I hope they. I think it would be fun if they do like a true detective season where they try to find out like who stole their newspaper. You know, <laughs> I mean, I could watch it, and I I would watch it, and I really enjoyed this season, man. I want to thank you, Heath. You know, a lot of this season was about you know male bonding and bonding, and you know, man, I love doing this podcast with you, and I just do want to give a shout out to Andy and Brett and Bill. And Howard and the other Andy, Andy Nick, not Andy Dick, and um, <laughs> who else? We got we, Cindy we had Gina, Cindy Gina. Um, I, we we had a lot of people who wrote in, and thanks everyone who did the reviews, and thanks for listening to this season, and thanks to newbie dues for giving me the idea to put it on a separate feed, which brought a lot of new people to the show. Yeah, and I hope people are going to subscribe to Daily DVR so they can hear Heath and I more. And I just thank you, Heath, for putting the time, and thank you to Lady Solo for lending you to me for these times. It's just been a it's been a great season. I'm glad that we decided to do this, man. And it was just for me, this was bit has been just a really great experience. So thank you, and thanks to everyone who's listening. Oh, thank you, brother. You know, you know, I feel the same way, and. It is nice because, I mean, we do podcasts, like we'll do a film list, we'll do one that talks about a couple of movies, but it's nice. I mean, you know, Game of Thrones, of course, I love doing Game of Thrones with you, but that's so crazy and, yeah. and, and, and it's still great. But, you know, this one was nice because we were just able to kind of attack it. If we want to go 20 minutes, if we want to go an hour and a half, we do it. We, I don't know. I just, I like doing this. So hopefully we'll find another show that uh, we can do this with after after the thrones. Um, it'd yeah, be nice definitely. to, you know, to find some new stuff. But I'm, I'm glad we did this. <clears throat> and uh, thank you so much. I mean, it was just, it was a pleasure. Uh, it was just, it's just a lot of fun. You know, I love podcasting with you. And uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, you know, I love getting your feet. Because a lot of times I'll see something, I'll have my thoughts, and then I don't officially say if I liked it or not till after I talk to you. <laughs> then, then, that, that's like my final like step yeah, in the three-step program of watching TV. So, uh, I mean, hey, we're old and confused, but you know what? It's all good. Yeah. Hey, I want to give a shout-out. I also saw Tamia, who was a first-time uh, emailer, who emailed us reminding us about uh, Hayes' son being a cop, I think. I wanted to throw that oh, out. Yeah, I was yeah, looking yeah, through yeah. the emails. But yeah, dude, I hope we do. Fi- I like what you said. I hope we do find another one too because I like doing this. It was kind of, it reminded me of covering Mayans with Jenny. Um, we Oh, whose birthday it is, by the way. Hey, Jenny, happy birthday. It was your birthday last happy weekend. Birthday. So happy birthday to Jenny. And um, that uh, it was fun. It's fun because you're right. Game of Thrones is so all encompassing um, that it was fun to to really look, be able to look at these episodes individually and settle into them and, and not, mm-hmm. and not get too carried away, away with 
the Reddit stuff and all that, though I don't dislike that. I love the emails Howard sent and I love the, the deep dives and stuff that Brett went into and stuff. But I do also like the fact that we're, we were able to just kind of meet at each episode and say, hey, what do you think? You know what I mean? Like yeah, no preconceived exactly. notions, preconceived notions, you know, or, 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 I, or like a, there was no point. It was all about the journey. Exactly. And I love, um, you know, we didn't get bombarded with a crap load of emails, but just, a, but it's all about the quality, not the quantity. Yep. And the quality of emails that came in is just, there's a lot of times where we're like, oh, let's just read the email because they make a great point and then we can elaborate and focus on it. So it helps us with our show too, by sending these emails and with having great questions, great observations, it allowed us to incorporate it and make it a full, so we're not just like, because we don't recap. We don't do recap shows. That's you, We assume you saw the episode. Uh, we'll bring up stuff, but uh, enough podcasts do that, and we don't need to recap. I like going in, the old lost mythos, like 10 topics, let's go, yeah, or as we do, kind of, <laughs> let's just go and see where it leads. It's, the, it's yeah, better, like and it's it. more organic that way for us. For us, it's more organic. It's just it's how we, we do the best uh, work, I think. I feel like we might go back to that too with Game of Thrones since we're not going to be doing it directly after it ended. Like, cause last year I did more of the mm-hmm. recap, but I think doing this season, I feel like maybe we'll talk about it, but I think you're right. So I did a little of the recapping for, um, for Mayans, but then I found I was going too. it was like too into the weeds. I like the themes. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, th- we'll have to figure out with Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones may there's certain shows you have to do it yeah. because Especially there's so it's much the last and, season you have to put the pieces in order. You know? Yeah, so we may have to do that on because um, I'm assuming without initial reaction because I'm not gonna be able to do it. Are you gonna do like a quick like 15 minute? This is what I, I don't thought, know yet. And I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure or, it okay. out. I definitely want to be dropping something Monday morning on Daily DVR for Game of Thrones. I was actually I was. Um, I was just chatting about that online and I just, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Actually, I want to kind of throw it out to people listening too. what, what would be the, how did you like Winterfell last season? And you know, what do people mm-hmm. want out of it? Cause I have, to, I'm going to incorporate it with daily DVR too. So we'll figure it out, but this was a good, this was a good run to do this series and, and it gives me kind of. It, it it does show me that sometimes when you kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit and just kind of talk and meander, you do find your way into, I think, a deeper territory, you know? Yeah, because especially like with Lost or with Game of Thrones, though, I love that. it's We feel like we have to cover every nook and cranny. Yes. yep. And because someone would be like, oh, you didn't cover this. or Or it's like we feel an obligation to pick up on everything even to ourselves to be completists you know yeah yeah so it's more of a chat like here we i mean we pretty much i mean a couple of times we missed certain things but they weren't relevant to what we were talking about so it's no big deal yeah but and this is more of a a niche show it's not like as popular as game of thrones so we'll just have to figure out but but i think if we're i mean i don't know if you know mike and tracy are coming back or you know if dj is doing the call-in show i don't know i don't know what the plan is this year so depending on how much content we have that might dictate yeah uh, what we do we'll see um but we'll see yeah we'll figure it all out 
we shall figure it out. All right. Well, I think that's that's right, uh, that's the end of the episode. Do you, I just again, I just want to say thank you to everyone, and thank you most importantly to you, Heath Snolo. Don't forget, go to dvrpodcast.com. You can find us uh, at DVR Podcast on Twitter, and you can email dvrpodcast at gmail.com. And listen, if you really enjoyed this season and you want to help out the podcast, you can visit cufflinks.com slash DVR. You can also become a patron, and you'll get more film lists that Heath is doing and some podcasts that are Patreon exclusive. We love doing that, plus ad-free, and that's patreon.com slash DVR. And... uh Yeah, I think that's it. Happy birthday, Jenny, and I'll leave you to have the final word, Solo. Well, thanks again for a great season. Thank you, everyone, for contributing. It was a lot of fun. So, Axel, as I leave you, I'm I'm just, I guess I'm going to have to say, I guess you're the lead detective now, Lieutenant. Love you, Solo. Love you, Folo. Peace! (laughs) Peace! (laughs) That was awesome, baby.